welcome to another episode of Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host, and today I have with me my loving, understanding, and patient <laughs> significant other, Deborah Micus, as my co-host. Hello. Hi, everyone. And today we're we're interviewing Lisa Kirkpatrick of High Cotton Company. How are you doing today, Lisa? I'm doing very well, Justin. Thank you. And Lisa, tell us about what High Cotton does and some of the products you have and, um, and how you got to where you are. Um, High Cotton Company produces three flavors of cashews that are all very unique. Um, I got to this point, I, I was uh, very involved in my kids' high school, and I would make these as teacher's gifts for Christmas, and the teachers would come back and start asking me, when are you going to make some more of those cashews? So when the kids graduated from high school, I needed something to do and um, decided I would see if there was a market for uh, my products. And so that's how I got this started. Um, So Lisa, do you have a background in being an entrepreneur or did you grow up in a family who had been entrepreneurs? I did. My dad had his own, owned his own. It was an aerial mapping surveying company. And so I, after I graduated from college, I started working with him. And he left the country a lot. He was uh, traveling quite a bit. And so he would leave me to run the company while he was away. And that's, uh, um, that's how I grew up. So did that give you a comfort for the idea of going out on your own and starting your own yeah, business? Yes. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, you know, I just felt like, you know, why not? Why not give it a try? He did it. And I, and I felt like that I had enough experience um, just working with him, managing the clients, running the day-to-day operations that I would hopefully be able to pick it back up. I was out of the workforce for quite some time because I stayed at home and raised my kids. And um, like I said, I was very involved in their school. And so... I started this after they left. So when you made the decision to start this company, I mean, what was the biggest, you know, thing to wrap your mind around? Was it, I mean, obviously you were already producing these gifts. And so that part seemed kind of in your wheelhouse. Was there anything that was a little nerve wracking? Like, how do I go about doing this or? No. Well, the way I looked at this was um, there's a lot of steps involved. There were a lot of people, I call it, putting together pieces of a puzzle. So um, I would decide that I would do one thing a day that would put another piece into that puzzle. And so each day I move myself forward by just moving towards my goal, taking it off in little chunks instead of trying to, to do it all at one time and being overwhelmed. I basically had a plan um, to... I was, I was going to classes to learn how to start my own food business. I went up to the University of Georgia. They put on a, a wonderful seminar um, on how to start your own food business uh, for two days, and it was the most informative thing I could have done. It really helped me prepare for taking the next step. So that's um, amazing. I didn't know that was a service that they offered. I mean, we've heard about all sorts of advantages in the state of Georgia that are helpful to new entrepreneurs, but to know that through the University of Georgia, do you know if they still do those classes? They do them every year. They do them every year. And it's a two day seminar that they will bring every discipline needed to start your own food business in and they will do a mini lecture and um then then the person who has uh, given the lecture gives you their information so that you can contact them if you have any questions it's 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 phenomenal it's it's a wonderful program that's an amazing resource that might be something justin we should think about having them on yeah on the show for sure Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of what's so fun about this whole podcast is entrepreneurs can kind of check in and hear what have been hard parts for other companies and also find new shortcut ways maybe to get their products into grocery stores or whatnot. But that right there is a great little tidbit. And so I'm sure it'd be helpful to have them on. So thanks for sharing that with us. So when did you start your company? I 
started it and I, the, I, it, I started thinking about it and deciding that this might be where I, where I wanted to take my next step in October of 2017. So it took me a year. It basically took me a year to get to market because I, I went to the classes. I wanted my, my branding done before I hit the market. I wanted everything to be consistent. I wanted, I wanted to have everything lined up. Um, the way I thought it should be. And so I, uh, I waited a year and I came to market October of 2018. I mean, 2017, I'm sorry, October, 2016, and then came to market October, 2017. Right, and so, so then you bring your product to market, you get it all figured out. And then what did you do? Did you start trying to get into stores? Did you build a website to sell it online? Like what was your approach to getting your product out to the consumers? I started at farmer's markets and I, there's a local farmer's market um, here in Sandy Springs that I submitted my application to and they accepted me and I started very late in the season because the season ends in December, but I started in October and um, because basically I didn't know any better <laughs> and then um, it ended in December or I regrouped and um, I applied for Flavor of Georgia in um, 2018, and then one in March of, March of 2018 for the snack category. Oh, that's great. Spend, and so we've heard from several people who have also participated in that. And how was that? I mean, tell us a little bit about your experience there, but also about the aftermath. I mean, a lot of people have talked about the attention they got following the event. So what was that? What was that like for you? It's been phenomenal. It's um, that was one of the best decisions I made is, is entering Flavor of Georgia because it to me it gives you credibility. If your if your product is selected as a finalist or if you happen to win, then when you approach a retail store, you're not going in saying try this product. It's really good. You're saying. <laughs> You can go in and you can say, this product's been judged by chefs all, all over, all across Georgia, and um, they, and it's one in its category, and you should give it a try. I mean, it, gives, it lends credibility to your product. Oh, for certain. And so is that, so, I mean, I am hearing that you, that's an accolade that you can say, hey, our product has earned this, but is it also, did people hear about your product and come to you because they heard that you won? Did that also bring attention the other direction? Well, I think that some of the, 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 uh, retail outlets, they hear about it. And then what happened after that was I had, the Atlanta Journal, they ran a feature on um, my products, and and I, that's when I had people coming. I was I was at shows during the Christmas season, and I had people that said I drove all the all the way from so and so to come see you because I saw that you were going to be in the paper. That never would have happened had I not been in Flavor of Georgia and had I not won. And tell us a little bit about the product that you entered into the flavor of Georgia, those different uh, products and, and the different kinds of products you have um, that you're selling. I have three different flavors of cashews. One of them is called Urban Nuts. One of them is Sugar and Spice. And one of them is Chocolate. I entered Urban Nuts and I entered um, Sugar and Spice. Sugar and Spice is the one that made it to the finalist round and then um, eventually won in the snack category. It starts off sweet, um, the cashews do, and then finishes with a little bit of heat. So, Lisa, what is the most favorite product people have out of the three cashews that you offer? Oh, gosh. It's really, it's really hard to say because they sell almost equally... Well, I think the Urban Nuts outsold the Sugar and Spice by 50 jars last year. So not, not a very, a you know, big margin. deal. Um, the, um, the, the chocolate is only sold, it's, I call it my special edition, because you can only sell it from October until March um, because the weather down here is so hot and you can't ship it. 
but the chocolate um, does phenomenal. With at the shows I was at at Christmas, that it sells out. So it's just um, what it's really taste preference for folks. It's but they all sell uh, equally well. Lisa, where can people find your products? They can find it online on my website. Um, and my phone number's there. If they would like to call in an order, they can do that as well. Do you I'm want to say what your website retail. is so people know how to find it? Sure. It's www.highcottoncashews.com. Um, and I'm in some retail stores, and then I'm at the farmers, some farmer's markets. And can they find out which retail stores on your website? or? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it'll list it there. I, right. And so do you do all the fulfillment yourself and all the production yourself, or have you started with a co-packer? No, I have not started with a co-packer. I'm doing it all myself. That probably keeps you really busy. uh, Yeah, it does keep me very busy. And my first experience at America's Mart was in January, and it's been um, very busy since then. Someone else? I'm actually, I'm having... Pardon me? I said someone else had also mentioned uh, America's Mart uh, there in Atlanta. But did you enjoy the show as well? Did you find it um, a success in terms of what your expectations were? Um, yes, it was It was a, a success for me and for High Cotton. Um, we've, we've had a lot of interest, a lot of orders. And, and I, had, I had people that were vendors there tell me, you know, don't worry about it. If no one orders from you, um, they have to make sure you're a viable company. And when you come back in July, that's when they'll place their orders. But that was not the case for us. We were we were really um, we were really pleasantly surprised by what happened at the Mart. Well, that's great. So, what type of people was it? You know, companies who were wanting you to do fulfillment for gifts to clients, or was it retail stores wanting to put you on shelves, or what type of buyers were there? Um, retail stores. There were department stores there. There were there was media there. There were magazines there that were showing an interest. Um, a lot of of the stores around the Atlanta area and South Georgia, North Georgia. We got orders from basically all across the state with some going up into Massachusetts. So we just, we had orders from everywhere out to Iowa. We've had mail order catalogs that have contacted us, department stores. So, um, you know, we've had, we've had just a a lot of interest in what we're doing. Lisa, do you have employees? Like, so how are you handling all of the sales considering you do your own production and all your fulfillment? Do you have people who help you? Yes, I have. I have some people that I've had to hire to start helping me in the kitchen and um, helping me, you know, just get the packaging done and, and and the whole process. And is that you've hired them since you did the America's Mart, or you already had them in place? And no, that, I had to hire them since America's. Oh wow! Mart. Well, that's great news. That's you know a big yeah. accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, I, like I said, we're pleasantly. I'm really pleasantly surprised. And so as you look to the future, what are kind of the goals on the horizon, you know, for your company? What, what is it that you'd like to see happen? Well, the first thing that I would like is to um, acquire adequate, adequate kitchen space. That's, that's number one on my list. Um, and then increase sales and hire some more staff. And then and the, I'd like to have a new flavor um, released this year. And I, I want to back up for a second, just because how did you get involved and how did you find out about the America's Mart there in Atlanta? I was at the Sandy Springs Festival and I think it was either September or October. And the head of the merchandising for the Mart um, approached me at my booth and said, do you have whole sale pricing and I said yes and she said you need to be at America's Mart and I'm going to have my assistant call you and make sure you're there this year and so that's exactly what happened that was on a Saturday and on Monday her assistant called me and said my boss has handpicked you to come down here and um, she said 
you know, we'd like to help you. And, I, and, and what I told them was, I said, well, I've heard there's a Georgia Grown booth at the Mart, and I would li- like to be a part of the Georgia Grown section. And so that's where I was placed this year at the Mart. Oh, that's great. So how many different vendors were inside of that booth? I would say there was, um, I would, between 10 and 15, I would say. Oh, that's neat that they did that. I love the whole jo- Georgia Grown marketing, and I just think it's such a brilliant stamp to put on things. And um, we've actually seen it a little bit in Colorado, have a stamp come out that says Georgia Grown. I'm like, look, that's so cool. And I also love, it's too, really they nice. have, like, gro- um, like when you go to the gas station, they have the little mini-marts and stuff. They have little cases, too, that have Georgia-grown products in it. And I'm like, that's just so ingenious. Well, we, the Department of Agriculture, they really support, uh, and Georgia-grown, they really support the food industry here in Georgia. And couldn't be more appreciative of that. Helps us get on the on the map. Um and we have there's several stores that's that will only sell George, I mean only sell products that are produced here in Georgia. So that helps us a lot. When I first started, I contacted. Um, I didn't really know if there'd be a market for my cashews, and so I thought I would just test it out. So I searched the internet and I found two stores that um, that carried only Georgia products, and I sent some samples to both of the stores and one of one of them but well they both called me back the next day and told me they wanted to carry me well I wasn't really ready for that yet but at least it showed me that you know I might have some interest in what it was I was trying to do so Lisa how did you hear about the flavor of Georgia and Georgia grown well when I was uh when I went up to the University of Georgia seminar that I told you about, um, Dr. Mohan, the person that is the in charge of the seminar, told me about Flavor Georgia and told me he thought I should enter my products. And so that's how I found out about it, and that's why I entered. And so that's how you found out about, uh, about the seminar as well? I found out about the seminar. I was I was just searching online, and I just actually found the seminar. And so, were you looking into that because you had the idea to start the business from the interest in your children's teachers, and then you were just kind of like, which step first? And then you saw the seminar. You're like, oh, this could work out and kind of help me with the step by step. Is that kind of the process? That's exactly that's exactly what happened. <laughs> And so, okay, as you um, grew then and as you got more into Georgia Grown, which I see the labels always on all of your packaging as well as the Flavor Georgia winner, how did that help you with the, in the confidence that you had to go into things like America's Mart? And did you feel that the presentations and stuff they forced you to do and the presentation of the product helped you prepare for selling your product or for other shows or, or markets and things like that? Absolutely. Um, it, well, when you when you have to present in front of the panel of judges, um, you have to, you just have to research your product and you have to know every different aspect of it. And 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 they give you questions that you know they may be asking you, but you've got to go in there and just sell your product. So you if sell it to the panel of judges. At Flavor Georgia gives you confidence to be able to go anywhere else and sell it to whoever whoever may you may be talking to. So when you went before the panel, did they have questions for you that that stumped you, or you basically knew whatever it was they were asking? Um, they were kind to me, <laughs> so I knew, <laughs> That's the, good. I knew the, the questions they were asking. I was very. I mean, I'm not going to lie; it was. Um, I'm not a public. Speaker and so going in front of that panel was a little intimidating, um, but you know that yeah, I mean it's a big group, isn't it? I mean I wasn't Judge uh, Justin was one of the judges, but I've never done it. But isn't it like fifteen people or something? I mean it's quite a few people in the room. It is, and there you're in at a podium in front of them, and they're in a, like a semicircle around you, and so um, 
you know, you're on the hot spot. <laughs> so, yeah, for uh, sure. But it was, it was, I mean, they were very kind. They, it, you know, you and make it out in your mind um, to be a little, little more frightened than what it actually is. It was it was a, a good experience for me. I really enjoyed uh, being there, presenting, doing, just being a whole part of the day was a lot of fun. Being able to network with the different food vendors, uh, the food entrepreneurs there, it was it was a great experience. I got I got to know so many really wonderful people who now refer me um, to clients that they have. So it was it was just a a fun learning experience type of day. That's so great. You know, and it's, I've heard these stories from other people as well, how they kind of cross market or they maybe even mix their brands together and create products together or baskets together or whatnot. And so I love hearing Mm -hmm. the collaboration that has come from that event. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm referring to. Yeah. And they're putting some of my, they're pairing my stuff with their products. So in terms of cashews, do you, I mean, do you grow your own being in Georgia or do you, you know, how, how do you procure your products? Um, I have a supplier that's up in Alpharetta, Georgia. He's a wholesaler and I buy my cashews um, from him, but cashews are not grown in Georgia. They're primarily grown in Africa, India, or Vietnam. Well, we were just in Thailand, and we went through a plant where they had. Um, what exactly were they doing? They were. They were. They had actually had the cashew trees there in Thailand, and they were pulling them down. and And uh, I, we didn't even realize that actually, it takes all year, and it grows one bud or fruit, I guess, and out of that fruit only comes one cashew. Yeah, it's crazy. The thing looks kind of like a green pepper, not green, but. And, and there's one nut in there. I was shocked. I was like, who knew? <laughs> I know. It's a it's very uh, bizarre look. <laughs> it hangs off that end of it. Well, they call it the apple. So the, the cashew hangs off the end of that apple. And, um, you know, I went, the research I've done on it, there would be women in India that would start taking the the nuts out of those shells when they were 12 years old they would work until they retired it was very labor intensive and then uh, vietnam has just recently automated the process so um it's not you know quite the time consuming well the plant we went through it was fascinating and they were still doing it one lady one nut at a time and i was like oh my god i mean they had a whole room of it but they had one person down on the floor where you could see what they actually do and they would you know put the little nut in there and pull the lever and sit there and pick it out. And I was like, oh, my God, for every single cashew. Yeah, and I think of, like, grabbing a handful and throwing them in my mouth. I all of a sudden felt really guilty about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like someone works so hard. (laughs) I can get those out, right? (laughs) I know. I know. It makes you understand why cashews are more expensive than other nuts, for sure. Oh, for sure. That's why my company's called High Cotton. If you have, if you're from the south, most people in the south kind of know what high cotton means. But it's living in good times, a time of prosperity, you're doing pretty well. So I had to have a name that reflected what I was trying to present. And cashews are an expensive nut to begin with, and then when you have to process it and add um, spices and flavors to it, then it becomes more expensive because of the time you've had to put into it. Oh, I love the double meaning of it. I didn't know that's what that meant. I love when people put, you know, a little bit of flavor of the South in there, too, to their story and into their name. So I love that you shared that with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so so I love the name. I didn't realize that that's what it meant. We were going to ask you, so that's awesome. Um, Do you feel that it's been sort of a prophecy now that you've named it that, that the times have gotten better since you've started the business and... (laughs) And how does <laughs> I love it? Self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you know I hope it's a, I hope it's, it's I'm I've been so pleasantly surprised with everything that's happened and you know and how quickly it has occurred too and so I'm just hoping it continues. I'm I hope that I take the right steps. Um, and I'm very I'm I'm very cautious and I'm very 
optimistic about the way I do things. I try to have a plan. I work with um, the Small Business Administration. I've got two folks down there that help me, Paul Wilson and Anna Brumbley. They help me, and we um, come up with strategic planning. And, you know, that's more classes that I go to that are put on through the Small Business Administration that have been very helpful to me, too. Um, you know, they make you really take a look and evaluate and get get what's in your head out onto paper so you can actually see what it is your what your strengths are what your weaknesses are weaknesses are and then you know how to um capitalize on those strengths and then eliminate or um work on those weaknesses so with that being said i mean which parts of the business are your favorite part what's the natural part for you that you know is kind of a zen place for you and what's the part where you really have to dig in deep and go gosh i just really need to do this today um social media is my is the is what i struggle with um that that's i've I've had to hire someone to help me with the social piece of it but the what comes more most naturally to me um is the marketing piece of it the the I knew when I, I knew what I wanted for my logo, um, but I, you know, my graphic designer did an excellent job. Um, up in, she's in Cartersville, Laura J Designs is the company, and she did an excellent job of taking what I described to her and then bringing it to life into my logo. And so that, that's a pretty easy piece for me. The cooking piece of it, I've always loved to cook. So um, that's always, that's, a, that's natural for me. I, I started cooking when I was small, and I've always enjoyed it. So, so the marketing and the cooking pieces are the, my, probably my, the thing I think I do the best, and then the thing that I need help and need to kind of build up a little bit um, is the social media piece of it. You mentioned that when you started this, it had to do with your children and their teachers and whatnot. Have any of your children shown interest in possibly doing this in the future, or do they partake in it at all? Absolutely. The, my son, when he comes home, he works one of the farmer's markets with me. And then when my daughter comes home, they she, she helps me in the kitchen. So I have a lot of support um, from my, my family, and that's really important to me. We... It's also a great way for us to spend time together, and it teaches them, you know, something about entrepreneurship and that if they want to, they can, they can try anything they want to do. And so um, your children being involved, is it something that you hope to grow the business and pass it on to them uh, down the road or grandchildren, or you haven't gotten that far yet? I haven't gotten that far yet, but um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping to. I mean, I hope that that you know it, it will continue to grow, and I'm going to keep working it and um, and just seeing where it leads. And you had mentioned that uh, you were needing more kitchen space and hoping to grow into a, a larger kitchen. Is are you? How are you doing your production now? And and what are you sort of looking at for growth? Um, in terms of that growth, in order to hit your new targets. Well, the kitchen that I'm at was, is quite small, and um, I have. I'm, I'm looking at a, a place south of the city that I'm. I've already contacted the Department of Agriculture. They're going to come and do a pre-inspection for me. Uh, at the end of this month, and, and then I've got to uh, talk with the city to make sure the zoning is correct. So, again, it's putting those pieces of the puzzle together, making my next move. Um, and I just know that I need a larger space and I need more kitchen time. And that's, the, that's what's been difficult um, is acquiring kitchen time in Georgia because I've contacted – I just almost everyone on um, the Department of Agriculture's list for kitchens and commercial kitchens, and they're built up. So um, it's, it's quite a demand. I've been talking with other people that I've you know met through um, Flavor of Georgia. Uh, I've talked with one man, and um, we've been talking about going into a kitchen together uh, and 
see if we could start one and then I'm, I'm started a different angle and, you know, seeing if I can do this down um, south of the city at another location. So are you currently using shared kitchen space and now you're maybe I'm, looking at procuring your own ki- kitchen or maybe one to share with another yeah. business? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at um, procuring my own kitchen right now. Mm-hmm. And that's just... And then I'll bring up a... Oh, okay, so you'd be looking to co-op the kitchen even if you did it yourself? Yes. So this is where it all happens, <laughs> right? The entrepreneur becomes a serial entrepreneur out of need. You're like, wait, I need something. And so all of a sudden you're like now going to possibly have a kitchen and have another business where you have to bring other people in. But that's the nature of the beast. And, you know, it's always how you have to be resourceful. I love hearing these stories. And so do you already have prospective people who would be interested in sharing it with you? Yes, I've already. I, I've, one of the women that was that the America Smart with me, she's she showed an interest in the the man that I was telling you about earlier, I'm gonna contact him and then I have another lead on another woman who's also looking for commercial space that I'm gonna to call too. So that's three right there. And that's amazing that so many people in Georgia are, are consuming up commercial space. I know Georgia's just becoming such a boom for the food and, and exporting food out of Georgia. And uh, I believe I've heard that some of the food being produced there is now being exported internationally out of the Port of Savannah. So that's really great news. Um, and so what what are some of the hardships that you've had uh, getting to this point? If you could name, you know, a couple or three of them, what are some of the things that you felt like you really learned a lesson on or wish you knew when you started? Well, um, let's see. Well, I wish I had known that about the, the kitchen space at first was easy for me to find, but then it got more difficult. My kitchen, my first kitchen closed. And so I had to find another space. So that was difficult. The, the um, managing the production process is something that I'm having to kind of learn to maneuver. Um, and then, like I've said before, the, the social media piece of it and just it's just so foreign to me I, uh, because I'm not a Facebook or a person per se. And so I don't know how to do that very well. So I, those are the things that I'm trying to learn to do. But I think of more, more as challenges than anything else. I mean, it's another way just to test yourself and grow. And so like the social media, you've mentioned now a little bit how that's kind of your, stuff, your uh, tough spot for you. And so, I mean, how have you found the right person to help you with that niche that's not really your go-to zone? Well, it's um, it's a fellow that contacted me just he did a cold call and he contacted me one day and we just started talking and you know i i was we, i asked him about it I, you know his business and what he did and he said he did you know the social media uh instagram facebook i knew i was going to have to have a facebook page i knew i was going to have to do an instagram i have an instagram um account and so he told me that he could help me with that he could do the posts for me um, and he'd get the followers on Instagram. And so we just kind of set up some, a trial and sure enough, he was good to his word. And so, um, you know, he's, he uh, increased my following on both places and, and helps me, you know, post things on both, on both um, social media outlets. Well, that's good. That's interesting to hear. I mean, you know, the cold call, it still works. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, turns, it sounds like it's turned out to be a good relationship. And so does yeah. he give you tidbits too? Like, hey, make sure when you're at whatever event, like take pictures for me. Or does he give you little cues too of how you can help him, you know, broadcast better for you and get you more followers and more attention? Yes. I mean, I pictures wherever wherever I go we're taking pictures and posting them and I send them to him and then you know he tells me um you know the kind of things I need to put in blogs so um last year I wrote up six blogs for my website that would be released 
my plan was to do a, a blog one month and a recipe one month. So that's what we've done this past year is just kind of alternating between months and blog and a po- I mean a recipe and a blog. And so, um, but he's the one that told me the things that should go into a blog, what the things I need to be thinking about when I wrote the blogs. That's good. I mean, that's a whole different service. I haven't, no one's really mentioned that before. And I'm not sure why, but that's a great angle. Uh, We have a friend whose sister actually has a blog and she does all sorts of social media and she's going gangbusters, has huge following and actually is making a living from all of that. It's, I didn't even know that was really a possibility, but it apparently can bring lots of attention and uh, sponsors. So that's a great outlet and nice that you have such a wonderful resource who's helping you through that process. I've, I've, you know, I've met some really great people um, through this whole process of starting this company, and I, you know, they've been very kind and friendly, and and very helpful, and I've just been it's been a great experience for me. Yeah, I know in starting a business, I mean, so much of it as an entrepreneur in the beginning, you do so much all by yourself, and it can get a little bit lonely, but it is amazing how many different people that you have to come in contact with and work with who really kind of brighten your day and make your life a little bit easier. So it's great when you have those people come across you and who stick around for the long haul to really kind of see your growth and get to celebrate that with you. And so, Yes, it's been great. Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And so as an entrepreneur, you know, considering we all start out kind of alone doing that, how do you motivate yourself all the time? Like, what's the thing that, you know, do you do it based on, you know, what fire needs to be put out? Or are you like, oh, my gosh, I have a goal and I want to try and hit that. And that's what leads your path or what what's your system? Well, um, I just make sure that I do one thing every day that moves me closer toward my goal. Because it can be, because there's so much, it can be overwhelming and you can get stuck. So what I do is I just make sure I take one step to move myself closer to whatever it is I'm trying to achieve. I think that's a great and lesson there because not a lot of people understand that that's what you need every day is an opportunity to take one step closer to what your, your goals are or your vision. And it really just means you know, not taking a day off for the most part. I mean, there's exceptions, but every day has to be a stride in that direction to be a successful entrepreneur. And I I really enjoyed hearing that, actually. I'm sure the audience enjoys hearing it as well. There's also a ton of minutiae that you can just get stuck in that is just busy work that kind of has to get done, but it's not necessarily pushing you forward. So really identifying, like, gosh, I need to find one thing today that's really going to push this ball forward, you know, because a lot of it's just kind of keeping afloat. And so that's a great technique. I really like that. Well, thank you. And so um, right now you have three cashew products. Are there other products beyond cashews you're looking to get into? I know you had mentioned you're looking at a new cashew flavor, but are you planning on on branching out beyond cashews, or is it something you're just cashews for now? Um, What are your goals there or vision for, for High Cotton? Well, I named it High Cotton Company just in case I wanted to branch out not called high cotton cat the company is not high cotton cashews um so i'm i'm thinking of it right now i am just focusing on cashews really trying to establish my market um first i want to be known as the premier gourmet um company for cashews in the southeast region that's what i would like to be known as so that's what I'm focused on. And, then, and down here, there are a lot of uh, and there's a lot of pecans. And, and so there's not a lot of companies that just produce cashews. It's a little unique. It's a little outside the box. So, um, but it's been successful so far. So Right. It's working. That's no, the whole I know. Goal. <laughs> I really enjoyed the cashews at the Flavor of Georgia last year for sure. And you Thank had, you. You had mentioned that you maybe do some collaborations with some of the other um, Georgia Grown and Flavor of Georgia um, contestants and members. So how, 
I mean, are some of those things coming up? Is there like a honey cashew in the making or, or something like that? Well, I'm hoping so. I've been talking about that for a while. So we're, we're trying different flavors and trying to figure all of that out. It's just a matter of getting in the kitchen and testing out some new things and seeing what comes up. I tried one with some coconut and some um, pumpkin seeds and more like a light a granola bite, but I'm not sure that it's for the market. It's a great granola. <laughs> it's not, it's it sounds not amazing. Right I think you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> Making me hungry over here, Lisa. <laughs> and so what what does kind of stir your, you know, creative process? Is it because you, people are like, oh, I'd love for you to make this? Or are you just, you know, sitting there cooking dinner one night? And you're like, oh, my God, it'd be so great if I could make a whatever and crust my salmon with it. Or, I mean, how what's what prompts you? Uh, it's things that I like combinations for, you know, or, or, or my family too. My my husband is really wanting me to do some type of caramelized um, nut with some flavor on it. So that's the one. He said, Lisa, I love these things. I think you can sell them. You could sell them just like this. You know, so right. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to, what my focus is is trying to keep the flavors as unique as possible in something that's not found um, today's market. That's that's really what you know I want to do. But there's a lot of companies that cook with sugar and cinnamon and and they're nuts. But that's not. Um, I do have one that has some sugar and some cinnamon, but it's also got other things in it that gives it a different flavor than what what you would normally taste. So. So I really want to keep the uniqueness of the flavors, um, but but it'd be delicious, you know. Right. And so as you go through that process, how do you come up with like this is it? I mean, do you have a panel you put it forward? Do you have a group of girlfriends, or you're like, come over? I need you to test these six different versions of it, or like, how do you do it? Do you hire people? No, I. What <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I I've always said I put out what it is I like, and I'm very, um, I'm my worst critic, so it has to be just right. Getting the the combinations of the spices for the sugar and, and flavor, it took a long time to do. I, I, I tested a variety of different ways to use those spices, and what it ultimately came down to was I am not a spicy person. I don't like foods that... Um, are too hot. So the flavor of the sugar and spice cashew is such that it's something that that's not too hot for me. And I didn't want to turn other people off with too spicy. So I felt like if I could handle the hotness of that nut, that other people could too. And that's the way I got to that flavor panel for that nut. But also, you know, one of the th- great things about flavor of jo- um the um, University of Georgia seminar was that they allowed you to bring your product to um, to that seminar, and then then the other people who were also had brought their products, everyone got to try each other's, and they were they graded basically. So I got feedback there on which flavor they liked best. Why? And so that was really insightful and very helpful. Now, at, at the University of Georgia, I had both of my my flavors there, which was the urban nuts and the sugar and spice, and the urban nuts one there. The flavor of Georgia, the sugar and spice one. So it just depends <laughs> on what your audience is and who likes them, you know. So right. <laughs> well, and when they did when they did the evaluation on your your little report card in your class, were you in agreement with what the feedback was? Did you, you know, did you like, oh yeah, that's a really good point, or were you kind of blown away that like I don't think so? <laughs> you know, did you agree? No, I you know I thought they had good points. Some of you know, some of them were were right on, and then some of them were you know it it was just what people everyone's taste is different that's what makes this so much fun is that what one person like another one not like and what one might not like the other one will like exactly um, and and that's what happens at shows that i go to so 
like at one show I'll sell out at uh, the sugar and spice and at another show I'll sell out at the urban nuts. So it just varies. And I never know. I never know what show's going to hold what. For me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And, um, so you mentioned your husband, how does it, he reacted to this? Because it has been a change in your life, obviously, since you've started it and, You've now become an entrepreneur, and as entrepreneurs, obviously, our time gets very sucked up into the businesses that we're involved in. So how has that affected your personal life, and how is it? How is he involved in it? Does he get involved with you and go on the road and do the shows? So tell us a little bit about that. Well, he, um, he has, I, have, I say this to everyone, he's my biggest cheerleader. Uh, he is promoting me to everyone he's. And, and, you know, sometimes it's easier for someone else um, to promote you than it is it's for yourself. And that's what I found here. He, he was, he's my biggest fan. And he, um, he has sent, he's in the corporate world. And so he sent all of my cashews to across the country at Christmas time. That's who he gave his Christmas presents to his clients. <laughs> they got cashews. Oh, that's <laughs> so, awesome. So, but he, um, you know, he, because he basically runs his own business too, he knows what it takes to make something work. And, and I, I believe I came home a couple of weeks ago and I said, this is a, it was like nine o'clock at night. And I said, this is the first time I've sat down today. And he said, Lisa, you've been working 12 hours today. And I said, oh yeah, you're right. So, I mean, it's just, it takes, it takes a lot of time. Um, and He's been very, um, very appreciative of what I do and very sweet in handling the time I have to spend away from him. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed. And so as your company is starting to kind of take on its own life and you're having sales and now you have employees, I mean, how do you get away? Do you have someone who can help you with that? Like if you guys want to disappear for a week or how do you handle getting, making sure you're taking care of yourself as well? Well, that's tough. Um, this the success. I, I did, we did get away in the summertime and I, I showed my, my other family members way, you know, if I got sales over the internet, they could, they could, you know, how they package them, how they ship them out and that kind of thing. So I, I haven't gotten to where, it's too overwhelming yet. This now, when we we're going to go skiing in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to have to um, the person I've got that is helping with the packaging and things. She's I'm going to show her how she needs to help me get the products out. Um, if we should get a lot of orders or fill the orders that because I have orders that have been staggered from the uh, uh, America's Mart that have some going out in February, some going out in March, some going out in April. So it just depends on when the stores were wanting them. So um, I, try to, I try to get everything ready and make it easy for the person to come in behind me. And then they're just basically, um, you know, fulfilling the order or mailing it out, that kind of thing. Right. And it's always a tricky balance of figuring out at what point you bring someone in. But, you know, you kind of want to manage that because at some point you're like, once you bring someone on, that's payroll. And then you are worried about them paying their rent because you've got to pay them. And so it's tricky, but that makes sense that you just kind of get all your ducks in a row. And then it's a little bit easier for someone to put your shoes on for a couple days because they're not having to put them all the way on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's new. So this is a learning process for me, too. Um, I've never had employees. I mean, when my when I was working with my dad and, and at his company, we had employees that I had to manage. But being your own and it being new and you're also new to the food industry, it's kind of a learning process. And I really like to get people on board who, first of all, love the nuts. So the people that I have on board with me now, they were my original clients. And they just love my, they love my products. So it was, they told me it's easy for them to come in because it, it's so easy to sell something that they love. So, you know, I, and I want to take them with me as this grows because I really think it's wonderful to have people who believe in what it is you're doing. Agreed, 100%. 
Well, at least I want to thank you for coming on the show, and um, I'm looking forward to having you back on in a few months and see how things have progressed and how America's Mart has gone. I, th- I believe you said you're going back again in July or June. Yes, July. July, and so we'll definitely. Uh, I'd love to have you back on the show again, and we can talk about how that goes pro- after July and see how your business has progressed. Because I'm sure it'll really ramp up if you've had the success you had at the first one, uh, and then uh, going to another one. And so I wanted to thank you. So thank you, Lisa, very much. Well, thank you, Justin, for having me. I really appreciate. Yep, and. Lisa, before we get off, can you just give everyone your website and your social media handles so everyone can find you online if they want your product or if they want to reach out to you and where they can follow you on social media? Um, well, my my website is uh, com, And let's see... Justin, you know what? I told you media. <laughs> I don't know what my Instagram is. Yeah, no worries. I will put it in the episode notes so everyone can find it. And again, okay. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And I'll make sure I put it all in the episode notes. And I'll, I'll make sure I mention all of the special mentions in the episode notes as well that you mentioned on the show. So that being said, I'm I'm Justin Bizarro, and this is Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs. And you can also email me at justin.bizarro at gmail.com. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O if you're interested in being on the show or you have questions that you would like us to ask the food entrepreneurs that are on the show. Thank you again, Lisa, and everyone in the audience. Have a great day.